0: Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor and also the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. If you would like to uh, be here on the old program, you can always give me a call on the listener hotline, the number 303-832-0217. I think the country code is 01. So you can use that if you are also out of the country. I do have uh, WhatsApp, so if you were ever out of the country and you wanted to get a hold of me, uh, you can on the old WhatsApp app. <laughs> My original plan for this episode was to have on Heidi Allison, the editor-in-chief on the uh, travel site AllThingsCruise.com. As we would talk about the return of the cruise industry, it's it's nearly full steam Ahead for the cruise lines, and it's really a great time to talk about the challenges the cruise lines have been through in the past year and a half, and where cruising uh, is now, where we're going from here. I I already actually recorded the interview with Heidi, and I was going to have it on this episode. It's a really good interview, um, but there are so many of these other stories, including this huge story that I want to get to this week that I just don't have time, and I don't want to put out a two-hour show and not give uh, uh, Heidi her, her fair due here. Uh, so I'm going to, I think, make the ex- executive decision right now. <laughs> I've decided to hold that conversation with Heidi until next time and get to all this other stuff that's going on, including this huge story from our Department of Transportation that is just wrecking me right now. And I also want to get to this FAA story about unruly passengers and no more alcohol on planes and ending with this email uh, that we received to the newsroom about how bad it is to work at Southwest Airlines right now. But I have to talk about this disturbing story that has come out in, in the last week. It's how our Department of Transportation here in Colorado lied about a mudslide just to get Google Maps to show a highway was closed and to with the goal to get drivers to stop using it as an alternate route around uh, the I-70 closure in central Colorado. So I I guess I have to start at the beginning, right? Because it all started from this wildfire near Glenwood Springs. It's in, I guess, western, central western Colorado last summer. And it burned all the vegetation in this area. Super hot. Trees were down. Nothing left. The soil is in terrible shape. And, and the fire burned right next to Interstate 70 in this section just a little bit east of Glenwood Springs called Glenwood Canyon. It is a spectacular drive. It is one of the most unique designed highways through an area with a river and these towering slopes. Um, it is, it, it's two-tiered. The highway is in some spots. It's really an engineering marvel, and if you look up uh, Glenwood Canyon engineering or i70 Glenwood Canyon uh, challenges, something like that. you'll you'll see these videos about how they uh, years ago had to overcome a lot of obstacles to to build a highway in this canyon. It really is interesting anyway. Fast forward to this summer, some big rainstorms have caused some mudslides, rock slides, debris slides down the slopes and on to the interstate. Now, it was closed for a few days uh, over the last several weeks. Then then they got it open, and then they had some preemptive closures over the last couple of weeks because they were uh, flash flooding warnings in the area from the National Weather Service. But the latest issue was about a week ago or two weeks ago where there was a major slide. They had some major rain, and it was a major slide that damaged the road, brought down tons of debris, rocks and trees and all kinds of mud. But it's taken the D- Department of Transportation a long time to try to clear all this stuff off the roadway and also try to get the roadway back open because and, and, there's a lot of roadway damage. Well, it's a little bit tricky to, to get all that, all that stuff done. And th- this is a, a, a major interstate that connects the east and west side of Colorado. There, were, there, there are some other routes around here, but they take a long time. So uh, one of the detours that the Department of Transportation set up, because they have this interstate closed down, uh, they have a northern detour. It takes about four hours. Drivers don't like that. It goes up through Craig and Steamboat Springs and Kremlin and goes north of I-70. It takes about four hours. There's another uh, detour that they set up now south of, well, south-central Colorado that goes to Delta and Montrose and Gunnison and Salida. And, and then you can get back up to I-70 near Vail from that point. But there is also another alternate coming out of Glenwood Springs. From Glenwood Springs on Highway 82, you go through Aspen, and there's a pass just on the south side of Aspen called Independence Pass. And it connects Aspen with this town called Quit Twin Lakes. It's actually closed down in the winter. Many of our high mountain passes are closed down in the winter because they're too treacherous to uh, keep clearing with the snow. And so they only have them open during the summer. Well, anyway, this detour, it takes about three hours. Um, it's a tricky route, though. They, they don't want vehicles over 35 feet because uh, it is so narrow and, and a lot of switchbacks. And it is tricky in some of those uh, with some of the bigger vehicles. So, they, but, but a regular passenger car can easily use it, cut off a couple hours on the alternate, and make it through that detour route. Well, Pitkin County, the county where Highway 82 is, as well as Independence Pass, the sheriff's office sent out a tweet Uh, after they received information from our Department of Transportation that Highway 82 over Independence Pass was closed due to a mudslide. This is the key information here, that the Department of Transportation sent out some information that there was a mudslide, on Highway 82, Independence Pass. It's it's not out of the question to think that that is possible because we've had serious wildfires, we've had heavy rains this year, and we've seen other highways closed because of mudslides, rockslides, and and the like. So it didn't seem out of the ordinary. And and then another tweet went out about 11 minutes later from Pitkin County reiterating the fact that there was a mudslide and you're going to have to find an alternate route. Well, the CDOT website... Colorado Department of Transportation website was also updated to reflect that this road is closed, saying there's a mudslide in the area. So you get what I'm saying. The Department of Transportation is saying there's a mudslide on this highway, on this on this pass, this alternate route, and it's closed down. So that way, Google and Apple and the other GPS mapping systems would subsequently be notified. That the road was closed and then uh, route traffic around the pass and not have people going to the Independence Pass. But in reality, there was no mudslide. The road was actually not closed off. Pitkin County sent some people up there and said, There's nothing going on. There's no mudslide. The road's open. It's great. More than an hour after sending out the first tweet about the mudslide, the sheriff's office then changed courses saying in a tweet of their own that the road is shown as closed on the state's website and various GPS systems to, quote, prevent I-70 detour traffic from being routed onto that rural challenging mountain highway with limited cell service, not because there was an actual mudslide on the roadway. That is the issue right here is that the Department of Transportation somewhere, somebody, whether it was in their communications department, somebody maybe higher up in the executive department, maybe just over in the uh, information department where they have their operations center that sends out these notices, that came up with an idea. Somebody over there at the Department of Transportation in Colorado came up with the idea to send out an erroneous message about a mudslide on Independence Pass, so it would register as closed to the GPS uh, sites, Google, Waze, Apple, all the like, and detour or and de, um, discourage people from using Independence Pass as a detour. That is the story here, and it's and and to me it is it is mind boggling that somebody or some bodies at the Department of Transportation did this. If it was one rogue person, okay. It, it, I, I don't see how that's possible that several people had to know that this was happening or somebody came up with the idea that it was happening. Um, because soon after the, the the Pitkin County sheriff's deputies went up there and said, there's nothing going on, then the CDOT website was updated later after Pitkin County said, uh, what are you talking about? A mudslide. That it read, Colorado 82, Highway 82, Independence Pass, should not be considered an alternate route. No commercial vehicles or other vehicles over 35 feet allowed. Delivery vehicles, RVs, and trailers should not use Independence Pass to bypass the interstate closure. The route is narrow, high mountain roadway with tight switchbacks and heavy tourist traffic. That's what they should have said in the beginning. Not made up some story that there was a mudslide just to get people to not use that highway. That is completely wrong. If they want to discourage people and ask people not to use it, fine. But that is a public road owned by the public. The public should be able to use it. Not be discouraged from using it because you think there's too much traffic on it or you don't, you don't want people to use that and you want, you want people to use your other alternate route. That is wrong. Just plain out 100% wrong. Uh, This is what should have been sent out in the first place. That note from the Department of Transportation that they basically didn't want big trucks, delivery trucks, other people to use the roadway. Please don't use it. Not it's closed. You can't use it. They shouldn't have sent out an information uh, tweet that said it's it's a mudslide. It wasn't. It was a fake mudslide. I mean, from a state agency. So we had our reporter, Denver 7 reporter, our, our usual political reporter, Megan Lopez. She reached out to Pitkin County, which is uh, the county where Aspen is in, and reached out to the sheriff's office multiple times to find out where the mudslide misinformation originated from. I don't call it misinformation. I would call it a downright lie and not just misinformation. But she did not receive a response, and she also had multiple requests for comment at CDOT, and no one there at CDOT would agree for to, to an interview with her, uh, of course, because they got busted. They were caught red-handed sending out fake information. So nobody over there would agree to an interview, but did reply to Megan in an email saying the information showing Colorado 82 is closed had incorrect information about a mudslide. Really? Incorrect how is that possible? There were no other mudslides in the area. It was they did that on purpose. There were no mudslides. The information was incorrect. It was it, it was fake. They went on. They said because the information was incorrect, we corrected the information in less than an hour. We apologize for the confusion. Apologize for the confusion. Seriously? Seriously. For the fake misleading wrong information you mean? That someone there at your agency sent out or some bodies came up with and sent out. CDOT never explained where this mudslide misinformation originated after being asked repeatedly by Megan. Instead, a spokesperson simply said that the information was incorrect and posted by accident. Nothing like that is posted by accident. They are an agency that usually deals, usually, in facts. In facts where there's information about a mudslide or a avalanche or a snowstorm or whatever, and then they put that information out to protect the traveling public. That is not the case here. So I really wanted to get Megan's perspective on all of this because she looked at it. She has clear eyes with this one. And so I decided to call her up and have her here on the show. Megan used to be a part of the morning show and then went on to bigger and better things because, you know, she's smarter than we are on the morning show. Uh, so, <laughs> Not, at all. Not hi, at all. Hi, Megan. How you doing?
1: Well, sir. Thanks for having me.
0: So what was your initial reaction when you heard this story uh, idea come your way that CDOT might have faked a mudslide?
1: Well, we were trying to figure out exactly what was going on because, uh, you know, we're here in the news, we we tend to kind of trust some of the emails, the official emails that come out, um, particularly in areas where we're not necessarily there and we can't easily make the drive up. So we started getting information that there was a mudslide and um, and that it was causing Independence Pass to close, and um, so we pushed that information out there on our different Denver 7 newscasts and, um, you know, did the responsible thing, uh, checked up with Pitkin County Sheriff's Office, and on their Twitter account, they were uh, saying that there was this mudslide that had closed down Independence Pass. It was also uh, for a time on CDOT's own website, so we went ahead and, and put that information out there for the public so that they would know that that's not a viable option for them uh, then we started hearing about no independence pass isn't closed i started seeing things on twitter from different people uh, we started seeing pictures on social media saying hey i'm not seeing anything about mudslides independence pass is open nothing at all looks like it's a miss here and so we started making phone calls to figure out what exactly was going on and is independence Pass actually closed or not um, and that's when we found out that that it wasn't closed at all so then we started asking okay well did the mudslide get cleared up was there a mudslide at all and uh, we were told that there actually was no mudslide now interestingly uh, the very next day if you still went back and checked picking county's sheriff's office uh, twitter page they still claimed in two different tweets that there was a mudslide and then went um, and, and kind of clarified in a different tweet uh, that was sent out later and didn't say that there wasn't a mudslide, but said that it, 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 they were trying to mitigate traffic in some circumstances. Um, so th- yeah, it was just, it, it was kind of questionable and we were trying to figure out exactly where this information about a mudslide came from and you know, is, it, is the road open, is it not open? Because you have that entire stretch of Glenwood Pass that's closed and people are trying to find a way around it that's not gonna take them you know seven hours.
0: So did you th- find out if the information originally came from CDOT or for Pitkin County? Because to me, it seems like it came from CDOT and then Pitkin County said, oh, boy, we have something here, tweeted it out, and then probably sent a deputy or somebody up to the uh, Independence Pass area to find out what's going on. And their deputy goes, uh, nothing's going on here. What? What? What's CDOT talking about?
1: Yeah, I didn't really... Um to figure out an answer to that. I had uh, reached out, first of all, to, to Pitkin County Sheriff's Office three different times uh, throughout the day and asked them, you know, hey, can you give me an interview? Hey, can you just give me some information? Hey, can you tell me where this mudslide information came from? Didn't really hear back from them at all. It was kind of radio silence. So then we started requesting some documents to see if we could try to figure out exactly where it's come from. We're still waiting for those documents to come back. Then we started reaching out to CDOT, asking them, hey, can we have an interview? Hey, can we talk about this? And um, we started getting into an email exchange with uh, CDOT after, you know, a little bit. And I kept asking them, hey, can I have an interview? And they didn't give me an interview, but they did kind of provide some clarifiers saying that we're we're trying to uh, get the correct information out there. Independence pass is open, but it's not recommended. It's a dangerous uh, stretch of the road anybody that's been in Colorado, driving through the mountains can tell you as much. And so, and there was from all the pictures, all the social media that I was seeing, a lot of traffic in that area. Uh, So, you know, I went back and forth on emails with CDOT several different times saying, okay, where did this information about a mudslide originate. And I wasn't ever given a direct answer. It was always, yes, it was an accident. There was no mudslide, but I didn't get a direct answer of where it originated. I asked, was it a driver maybe that reported it? Didn't get an answer on that. Was it maybe uh, one of your crew members? Was it something that was maybe a a mistake lined up with uh, some of the mudslides that we've seen recently in the Glenwood Canyon area? I didn't get any clear answers as to where it came from. There was one point when the C. dot spokesperson said she maybe didn't understand my question. I tried clarifying it again, <laughs> but we went back and forth, and, and I just never got a clear answer. as where who said mudslide? Where did that word come from? And and why was it used to describe this? And I just I don't know.
0: And, and through all of those emails, you you have a you have that. Just like I think all reporters have that kind of b s detector did did you at any uh, uh, point of these email conversations, believe that it was an honest mistake by c dot or it was an on purpose, an erroneous email erroneous message by somebody over there?
1: Um, something definitely felt a little different to me on this. Um, I, I mean, just the back and forth with the, I think the emails and the fact that Pitkin County isn't uh, responding to me at all, I think is, uh, should should raise enough red flags to say something doesn't smell quite right here. So we're still um, in the process of trying to figure out where that mudslide erroneous information came from. We're still in the process of trying to get our hands on documents. And if anybody's gone through a Colorado open records request, uh, they know that that process can be um, a little bit slower, a little bit more time consuming, and can be a little costly, but hopefully we'll be able to to find out a little bit more information about where exactly it, it came from. And of course, you know, we're gonna continue reaching out to CDOT and to Pitkin County. Interestingly, I also reached out to two of the big tech Companies, right? The the two companies that were rerouting people around this, so Google and Apple. um, Both of their maps, if you tried typing them in, said that Independence Pass was closed. There was, I tried every different way under the moon, and I could not get these maps to route me through Independence Pass. I tried going just to Independence Pass and then seeing if I can go next to Aspen. I tried every combination, and it always kicked you back away from Independence Pass, no matter what you did. So I reached out to them to ask them, you know where did they get this information that independence pass was closed when the road was clearly not closed and, and how were they trying to try to correct their maps? You know, because that becomes the bigger question. A lot of drivers, particularly ones who are traveling through the mountain areas, don't really know those roads and don't really know anything other than I 70. So they're going to rely on their GPS systems to try to get them through, you know, some of these, these lesser known areas and Google, um, it sent me back a statement and it said that, you know, they are investigating the, the issue with independence Pass. They're looking into it. They want to figure out exactly why they marked it as closed. And then, um, you know, they said that they, they're always quick to try to correct any errors that they can, but um, Apple never responded to us. So, so both of them, you know, when I, when I talked to the Google representative over the phone, um, obviously, it's a big company. They didn't know anything about this, so you know, I, I tried to explain the situation a little bit more, and, and, and they said they're going to look into why that section appeared as closed when it clearly wasn't.
0: Speaking with Megan Lopez, Denver 7 political reporter, about this story of maybe CDOT sending out an erroneous tweet uh, about a mudslide up on Independence Pass. I don't want to put you on the spot of of being a speculator. I can I can take that for you, but maybe you can do like the one clap for yes and two claps for no or, or <laughs> comment. All right, so because it seems like if if somebody at uh, C had come up with this idea by themselves, one individual person, then put it out there that that doesn't seem as plausible as we are having a problem with. A lot of traffic on Independence Pass. It's not good for trucks. It's not good for vehicles uh, th- that are towing a trailer, something like that. Really, it's it's only designed for smaller cars, passenger cars, SUVs, that sort of thing. It's a beautiful pass, but it uh, it's not great for larger vehicles. So somebody's maybe over there at the Department of Transportation has this idea. We got to find a way to stop people from driving on this thing and trying to use that as their as their main alternate. To stay off of I seventy, so they come up with this. Well, if we come up with a, a mudslide, which is plausible, uh, on this pass, and then then all the apps will then say, "Hey, let, let we're, it's closed, and, and we're going to route people away from Independence Pass." And then it, it, in my head, I'm like, "All right, so if it's just from C dot, then that's one thing. But if they told, if somebody over there then had to tell Pitkin County, "Hey, Pitkin County, we're going to send out this tweet." and it's going to say that Independence Pass is closed when it's really not, then that's a bigger problem. Because then Pitkin County is in on this thing. Now, if Pitkin County had no idea and then just retweeted that information, which it kind of feels like to me, that Pitkin County was in the dark and maybe started sending out information, and so a deputy up there said, hey, everything's all clear. What What's CDOT talking about? They felt like they had a little bit of egg on their face. Which way, do, do you see that uh, that whole scenario is plausible?
1: I um, I think that the documents will tell the tale, is what I think. Um, I, I don't know. It's plausible that it came from CDOT. It's plausible that it came from Pitkin County. Um, and it's frustrating not knowing who it came from or, or why it came. You know, the thing that CDOT did clarify with us is that it was only up on their website for about an hour. Um, they apologized for making the mistake and again said, you know, that they don't want um, people to take that path if, if possible. Like you mentioned, there are a lot of rules that are on that road because of the, uh, the, the quick switchbacks. And, and so when I'm talking about rules, I'm talking about the fact that you're not allowed to have uh, longer vehicles on there. So I know that some, I had talked to the Colorado Motor Carriers Association and they told me that some of their uh, more commercial GPS systems kind of route people Around those, particularly truck drivers, and they're encouraging any truck drivers that are not dropping off on really either side to to find a way to avoid all seventy, avoid that entire area altogether because it's just going to slow things down. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it could have come from from a, a myriad of different sources. That the reason is that there's the reason that I think that there's so much confusion is because those tweets were left up after. CDOT said that there was not a a, uh, a mudslide. And the tweet that came out afterward from Pitkin County didn't clearly specify that there wasn't a mudslide. It a- actually ended on kind of a Twitter cliffhanger, if you want to call it that, because it said the road is actually, oh, and then the you assume that they're meant to say open, but it didn't have the PEN, and that's literally where the tweet ended, and it was never corrected, and there wasn't a follow-up one. And so you assume it's open, but, but yeah, there was, just, it was it was another kind of confusing tweet followed, that followed those two erroneous
0: tweets. Mind-blowing that you at least suggested that it could be, and of course you said the documents could tell this, that Pitkin County... Started This whole thing, because if Pitkin County said had some kind of collaboration with CDOT and said, maybe you should send out a tweet about a mudslide just to get us uh, have some less traffic going through Aspen and over Independence Pass, that would help us out if that's the case. And that that's even a bigger story than just CDOT sending it out and then Pitkin County finding out and then and then saying, what this this isn't quite right. I mean, that's that's even bigger. I mean, when you agree that it's a I I think it's pretty big story already, but that would make it even bigger.
1: I mean, I think it caused a lot of frustrations for people. And I think that we rely on these agencies to give us accurate information, particularly as journalists, to information in in areas where we're not there um, at that moment. You know, we cover in this Denver market a very big swatch of land. Um, and, and so we trust these agencies to tell us so, so that we can portray that, that accurate information to make sure that people are, are finding the best ways possible around. So when something like this is put up that um, is erroneous, you know, whether it was intentional or unintentional, it does cause questions about, you know, well, can I trust other information that they put out? And, and you know, that's what our job is as journalists is to make sure that that the things that they put out are, are accurate. And particularly when people like the ones that were on social media post pictures showing that Independence Pass was, in fact, open and there was no mudslides, you know, it's our job to ask questions.
0: Yeah, it, it just for some <laughs> it just really bugs me to no end that uh, one of our, well, you know, one of our major agencies I work with all the time, uh, had at least somebody in there that thought that this was a good idea instead of just saying we we would prefer you not use it. Here are some rules if you are going to use it, but it, it, we're not going to just make something up just so all the GPS apps will stop you from using it. It's just mind blowing to me.
1: Yeah, I and mean, I think just you know, there's with how how long this Glenwood Canyon closure has been going on, and and how many people that I've talked to, that others, you know, have talked to are trying to find a route around it and how few options there are. I mean, you know, the the one final message that the Colorado Motor Carriers Association gave me that I think, you know, really kind of puts all of this into perspective for me anyway, as a journalist, is this, you know, idea of highway resiliency you know, and if something like this does happen again, what what options do we have? I mean, he was telling me about food shortages on one side and gas shortages on the other side and headaches. So it's not just, you know, travelers trying to enjoy their summer. It's not just people trying to get to Denver. I mean, it's it's affecting some supply chains in some areas. And, you know, the the, the bigger question becomes this this idea of resiliency in an, an era where we have these historic wildfires and you know, luckily we haven't had many historic wildfires this year, but we are very still early in, in the wildfire season. How do you make sure that you are finding a way for the things that need to get around our state to be able to get around our state so we're not relying on just one highway system and then, You know, kind of questioning what to do, and or taking some of these dangerous, lesser-known roads um, as an alternative. If one of them closes down,
0: yeah, there's there's been pilots that have been flying, uh, doctors and nurses (laughs) across this uh, closed section of the interstate uh, just to get uh, the people at the Grand Junction or the uh, um, uh, the uh, the hospital over there in Glenwood Springs. It's (laughs) it's a major deal, so. I understand all their frustration as well.
1: Absolutely, and uh, hopefully we'll get some more answers and try to figure out exactly what happened. I mean, again, it could have been intentional, it could have been unintentional. I don't like to rule anything out, but um, it was, at the very least, questionable.
0: Exactly. Well, Megan, you're going to stay on top of it, I know, and uh, if anybody's going to, you know, get over there, you know, even more so than our uh, suspenders brigade uh, that we would send over there uh, in any kind of uh, investigative fashion, you are you are the one to do it. So thank you for staying on top of this story.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time.
0: Well, thanks for your perspective, Megan, on all of this, and I'm sure that she is going to keep us up to date on what's happening with the story. And like she said, these open record requests do take some time. And so those hopefully be coming in this week, next week, and she'll stay on top of it. And I still think the main issue here is that this mudslide report was not an accident. This was an on-purpose. Not an act, on-purpose. they On purpose, they sent out misleading information about a mudslide that never happened. And it floored me, and it still does right now, that this was allowed to happen. And, and did Pitkin County know about it? Or I, I, I have a feeling that they were misled just like the rest of us because they retweeted uh, or sent back out the information about this mudslide. And then they retracted the information because they realized after probably sending a deputy up there that nothing was happening. I mean, this story really needs more investigation, I am so mad and upset about this. It's really bothering me. I I really, and I think what it is, I really don't like lying, especially from an agency that I work with and uh, an agency that I, I trusted um, and, uh, and usually would give, would be no problem giving the most accurate information about what is happening on the roadways. Seriously. It reminds me of this guy that I used to work with at KOA Radio, that was forever ago, this pathological liar. Yeah, I, I I had never seen anything like this guy. I was so mad at him one time with his string of lies. I was basically breaking down his lies in front of him, in front of other people, and it was it caused quite the scene. I just unloaded on this guy, and maybe maybe that's why it's bothering so much. That that it wasn't. I don't know that that maybe they're not taking it seriously. That somebody should be either suspended, fired uh a review of something should happen and I'm and I'm and I'm still all it, this is really making me upset. I mean this is an on-purpose false report making up a mudslide to close a road and somebody needs to be held responsible. That's just that's just the way it is. I mean that's that's what it is and and uh, all right. Well I better move on. Alright the FAA is now urging also airport police to arrest more people who are unruly or violent on flights and asking airport bars and restaurants to stop serving alcoholic drinks to go. So now we'll talk about all these problems with the flights. The FAA administrator, his name is Steve Dickinson, he wrote to airport leaders nationwide saying this, Even though FAA regulations specifically prohibit the consumption of alcohol on board an aircraft, That is not served by an airline. We have received reports that in some airport concessionaires have offered alcohol to go. And passengers believe they can carry that alcohol onto their flight or they become inebriated before their flight. Airports can help bring awareness to this prohibition on passengers carrying open alcohol on board their flights through signage, public service announcements, and concessionaire education. I think this is only an issue during the pandemic when when a lot of places could do alcohol to go. Restaurants I know in Colorado can do alcohol to go. It was part of the food to go, uh, and it was a way for uh, restaurants to help make up some of that lost revenue from people not having wine or beer or whatever while they're dining in a restaurant. so if it, it, And the same rule would apply at an airport. So if you're at a restaurant in an airport, you get the alcohol to go. And I think that rule is changing in many airports. Anyway, the FAA says their investigations into this surge of aggressive behavior on board has shown that alcohol is a contributor factor. You think? (laughs) No. Really? Alcohol is a factor for people acting crazy on an airplane? No. 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 Tell me it isn't so. Some U.S. airlines, including American, Southwest, they prohibited purchasing alcohol on board uh, until the mask mandate expires, and it currently is in place right now on all airlines and in all airports until mid-September, and there is even some chatter about extending it past mid-September, maybe even through the holidays to the end of the year, I I. Don't know how that's going to go. It, 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 I guess it all depends on uh, the, the surge of the Delta. And I, I don't know. They're, they're going to do the FAA and the CDC and all those. They're going to do what they do. But they might re- continue this mask deal uh, in all airports, on all public transportation. That includes your school bus as school is starting up. My kids, they they don't really take the bus, but uh, there are some school districts that do not require masks. It's a suggestion, but not a requirement. But still, you have the requirement, since you're on public transportation on the yellow school bus, where you have to wear the mask. It's the same thing in the airports, at train stations, at bus stations, whatever, where they have to wear the mask there. Uh, Lynn Montgomery, she's a spokesperson for the union that represents Southwest flight attendants, told ABC News, certainly with the number of incidents you can tell why, flight attendants would feel leery about beginning to sell alcohol on board the aircraft again. Alcohol was reportedly to be a factor in one of the most unruly passenger incidents that occurred recently. It was on a Frontier flight. This 22, 22-year-old person, this man, uh, well, it, they say, allegedly air quotes there, uh, had at least two drinks on the flight, according to authorities, um, and and brought that on board illegally and drank it on board illegally. And they also say, at least I, I've heard anecdotal uh, evidence there, that they, this guy was pretty drunk before he got on the plane and then was drinking on the plane as well. And uh, according to authorities, this guy allegedly groped two female flight attendants punched a third, uh, a male flight attendant in the face. The crew resorted to having to duct tape the man to his seat for the duration of the flight. (laughs) He was arrested when the plane landed in Miami, and now he's facing three counts of battery. Um, It is not good to get drunk on an airplane because you're going to be banned from that airplane. Frontier Airlines is never going to allow that guy on an airplane again, and he's going to be... Facing criminal charges as well as disrupting. I mean, th- this is a it's a big deal to disrupt an airplane. Big deal. And you know, interestingly, uh, Frontier Airlines I- initially suspended the flight crew for failing to follow "quote unquote" proper procedures by duct taping the hostile passenger to his seat. But then management for the airline changed their mind. What what happened was there were social media users uh, and and the flight attendants union uh, got on the. Uh, uh, management and basically convinced the management that the crew's actions were reasonable at the time I mean what what else are you gonna do you have an unruly passenger who's swinging and, and at people and and uh, groping uh some of the flo- some of the crew you, you have to restrain the person somehow right you can't just let him roam free and just ask him please sit down uh, it seems reasonable to me. Um, The police report obtained by ABC stated that after consuming two drinks, um, this man brushed his empty cup against a female attendant's backside, spilled a drink on his shirt, then returned shirtless to his seat, and after an attendant helped uh, this guy get another shirt from his carry-on luggage, he walked around for 15 minutes before groping the two female flight attendants' chest and then punching the other guy in the face. Sounds like he was having a bit more than just two drinks. Well, after the fight, this guy, the fellow passengers uh, around him restrained him in his seat and then they duct taped him apparently to the seat to keep him from moving. Um, (laughs) Because it seems like the improper shackles worked. I've seen some other ways. What is it? That plastic, that plastic wrap that they use for uh, moving. People have used that in the past to keep somebody from using their seat leaving their seat. Anyway, uh he's he's he went to jail, booked on three counts of battery, and he's not gonna ever be able to fly on Frontier Airlines again. Um he was reportedly screaming though and ranting about how rich his parents are, yelling out two million dollars <laughs> before being restrained uh by that uh man wearing the air airline employee badge. Um <laughs> if it turns out this is just some uh, rich kid, and uh, that's, that makes it even worse. Oh, man. In uh, a recent survey conducted by the Association of Flight Attendants, uh, it says 5,000 flight attendants, at least 85% of them, had an unruly passenger in the past year. 85%. Uh, that's according to the Chicago Sun-Times. And 17% had witnessed a physical confrontation, uh, mostly because masks are not wanting to be worn by anybody on the airplane, and also alcohol. Uh, and uh, you know, flight delays is, is a is a close uh, issue there, uh, and cancellations like what Spirit Airlines is going through, canceling all their flights or most of their flights. Uh, uh, Southwest has been canceling flights. Americans been canceling flights. All these airlines are canceling flights. So it's it's masks, it's alcohol, and it's cancellations, and, and it's making people mad. And whenever you get in, into an airport, anyway, you're pretty much at the mercy of the airline. You, there's you really have very little you can do to uh, to make it a better situation. And I think people just get upset, um, and I, that's understandable, right? I, I think it's understandable. The FAA says they have a zero-tolerance pos- po- policy for, for these in-flight disruptions. Uh, they have fines of $50,000. They, they, uh, they say they can put you in jail for 20 years. Um, and, and <laughs> that's obviously not deterring people, I guess. Maybe they need to get more messaging out saying you're going to go to jail for 20 years if you get drunk uh, on a flight and start punching and groping flight attendants. I, that, that, that's, that's a problem. Uh, so there's a fan, and I, I was just li- all right so this family friend uh, this guy's wife was telling me that all right this guy is is a anti-masker uh, in a huge way hates masks doesn't want to wear him on, on on airplanes and he has to fly and he used to before the pandemic they they, they stopped flying for work uh, during the pandemic but now he's getting actually back out there and flying again and because he's flying again uh, he's getting having to get on in the airports and on the airlines and he does not want to wear him. He, he boldly goes into the airport without his mask on until somebody tells him to put it on and then it's it's like that the entire way and so this is <laughs> the way he deals with it on the airplane, he does a couple of things. He'll either bring a, a large bag of trail mix on the airplane. He'll put it on his, uh, he'll he'll put the uh, little tray down, right? Or, or even before the flight, he does this. And he'll eat one peanut or one raisin at a time. So he'll pull his mask down, and then he'll start just eating super slowly. And so he'll grab one peanut and he'll eat that peanut. He'll grab that one raisin and eat it. He'll grab that one piece of checks and he'll eat it. Just so he says that he's eating during the flight. The, la- <laughs> the last one that he did this trip that he had to take to Las Vegas, he he got one of those huge blow pops and he was slowly sucking on that thing, eating that thing with his mask down the entire basically the entire <laughs> flight and he said he was eating eating the popsicle or the sucker. Um, and and it's, there were some people on, apparently he told his wife, the story where some, uh, people that were on the flight with him complained that he had his mask off basically the whole time. So he went, uh, off the plane and that the gate, the agent stopped him and said, uh, you, you, uh, had some complaints against you about not wearing your mask. And he says, I was eating, and this is what I was doing while I was eating, and I had my mask down while I was eating, and so you said I could have my mask down while I was eating, and I was eating, and they just kind of looked at him and let him go. I think it was a informal warning, if you will. But look, <laughs> this one thing you're not going to do is you're not you're not going to win uh, in a fight with a with the flight attendant, the flight crew, uh, with the gate agents. You're not going to win that. And you're gonna probably, if you keep pushing it, you're you're gonna get kicked off that airline, uh, and maybe be fined or jailed or whatever. That that is something that look that's a his problem, not my problem. And he has to ex- uh, fly for work, so let him explain to his work how he's not gonna be able to fly anymore because he got kicked off of uh, uh the flight for eating a uh, blow pop the entire way. <laughs> It's just some people. There's 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 times to pick fights, and there's times not to pick flights, fights. And he, he's one to pick a fight. That's that's for sure. Uh, and I, <laughs> I wonder where that one's going to go. Because remember, it was about a month ago that I took a flight on Southwest to Florida and back. And I was describing here on this show a few episodes back that the flight crew seemed a bit overworked, a bit on edge, uh, more so than any other Southwest flight I've ever been on. on. Um, and the day and and, and it was um, the other day we received this, this rather negative email from someone who presumably works for Southwest Airlines. Uh, and this is the email it says, good evening. Southwest Airlines is mistreating its employees. Their part time employees are underpaid and are expected to work uh, extended unruly hours. There are many employees who are sleeping in their cars in order to report to work the following day. An excessive amount of Flights are being canceled due to employee shortages and extremely overworked employees. There is poor communication between supervision and many employees face extreme irate customers as the customers' flights are canceled and the customers are left at the airport with no place to go. We are talking about the elderly and families. Proof of this mistreatment, tre- mistreatment is based on the ramp worker shortage, and the flight delays are really based on employee shortages and, yes, the weather, but imagine what the employees are going through. Three exclamation points there. Uh, this uh, person continues. This situation needs to be addressed, and more needs to be done from the CEO down as this slave labor is wrong. There's five exclamation points there. The public needs to know what is really happening at this airline. Respectfully, SJZ. There were four exclamation points there. First of all, slave slave labor is a, bi- a bit much. By definition, they're getting paid, so it isn't slave labor. And to infer that it is, is not fair. Uh, I'm not defending the airline, but but that line was a bit too much for me. You are free to get another job somewhere else, including another airline. As you say, they're all hiring. They're all looking for people. About every business out there is looking for people. They're all hiring. And if you have airline experience of some sort, maybe on the ramp, as it maybe seems like you're a ramp worker, they are going to hire you, any other airline, really quickly. Just look on any job board. There's lots of jobs out there right now, not just with the airlines. But everyone is hiring, including Denver 7 News, if you want to apply uh, for one of our positions that we have. We have plenty. Let me know you're going to do it first uh, so I can get the referral bonus. So you're, you're, you're free to go elsewhere. This is a free country. You're free to work wherever you want. You don't have to stay there. If you feel like you're not treated properly at your employment, then it's your choice to leave and it's your choice to stay. I've been in jobs where you feel like you're not being treated properly. I didn't like it. And and then and when it happens, uh, then you you start talking to some of the other employees that you work with. They start running their mouth, and everyone jumps on the bandwagon, and you get a little mob mentality, and boom, everybody's mad. It gets all worked up at their employer, and some leave, and some don't, and uh, but it, it usually doesn't end great. And to be honest, that's how actually I got the helicopter job, my full time job at KOA Radio. I was the I was the backup guy, but the pilot reporter at the time, guy named Al Verlay. He was, he was good on air. He was a pilot. He was he was flying with uh, at Tony LaMonica, and Tony passed away a few years back. But they would be in the helicopter, Al and Tony, for hours together, just talking about how dangerous the job is and how much they should be getting paid for that kind of difficult, dangerous work. And, and they weren't getting it, and, and they were going to go to management and, and make demands. And Al actually made a demand to management when his contract was coming up. And, and it was so ridiculous. He basically wanted double the pay and he wouldn't take anything else. And, and it was ridiculous. And he, he said they, they offered him, they said, oh, look out. We'll give you a little raise here, but that wasn't good enough for Al. So he felt like he was mistreated and boom, you, you that, that's why I got the job at <laughs> full time at Koa as the chopper gig. Um, and then here I am today. Uh, it's all thanks to Al and Tony whining and complaining to each other in the helicopter thinking it was the most dangerous job in the world and they should get paid a lot more. Anyway, back to my point, you are free to go if you feel mistreated. You are also free to leave to get more pay if you feel like it. Uh, You agreed to the pay when you applied for that job. No one made you fill out the application. There's actually a process to go through to get a job, usually, and it includes Filling out an application with your name and your address and all these other, and your work history and all that. Sometimes it can be a, a bit of a pain. Uh, and then you have to go through usually an interview process and, and, you, and you have to talk to somebody about taking the job and, and what you would be doing and if you're a right fit for the job and what the pay would be and what the benefits are. And, and nobody made you go through all that stuff. You did it on your own free will. And then once they offer you the job, you freely accepted it. And you go through usually an orientation at that point, And you figure out what the job is and, and what the working conditions are. And then you start work in earnest all by yourself. At any point during that process and even afterward, you could have said, "Ah, oh, this, um, this is really not what I really wanted. And it's not enough pay to do this. And I'm going to move on. And you didn't. You still can do that if you want. You can find another job that pays better, that maybe has better working conditions. I had to do that. I've left jobs in uh, in the past. I left a job in retail for another because uh, the pay was way better. The hours and the work conditions changed a bit, but the pay was better. And that was, at that point, was important to me. And you have the option to do that as well, especially now with so many employers, including and especially in the airline and travel industry, that you could go anywhere you want. Honestly, if you don't like working at Southwest, then work for American, work for United, work for Boutique Air. You work for somewhere else. There are a lot of different airlines all looking for for people with airline experience. But but here's a a problem with Southwest. As a business, you want to have happy employees. Really, it's for any. Company Happy employees usually make for happy customers and happy management and happy owners. That's basically the way it works. Usually. Unhappy employees make customers upset and and they would then search for other products or services. It's good business to create an environment to have happy employees. They are your people who are working with your direct customers. Some management is better than other management at this endeavor. I've worked for all kinds of different companies and people, and, and I recognize the good ones and the bad ones. And right now, it seems that the overall state of the world with employers not having enough employees is the root for many, many problems, including making current employees at just about any business feel like they're extremely overworked. During our baton trip to, uh, I think I told this story uh, a couple episodes ago when I went to the baton trip there in um, Daytona Beach. We stopped. We were going to have after, the la- uh, I think, one of the competition nights, we were trying to get over to uh, Joe's Crab Shack, which is right there on the pier. And the guy said, it's a random weekday at, at night, he said, oh, we just don't have room for you. Um, we're we not full, but we just don't have the server capacity and the restu- and the kitchen capacity to serve any more people right now. So unfortunately, we're going to turn people away. Uh, that and and the, and the manager was very he he seemed very upset about it. He didn't want to turn us away, but they he as well as all the other uh, employees in that restaurant were overworked, and and he didn't want to overwork the overworked. Um, and on my Southwest flight, I could tell that the um, uh, it was bothering me because I, I could tell that the flight attendant staff. And the crew was overworked. They were just coming off one flight. They had to get on this other flight. They probably didn't know that that was going to happen. They they were probably asked to do it. They're going to get some overtime. They seemed real bugged about it. And it, it, it really showed. Uh, it, it showed to uh, me and to the other passengers. It was just, it wasn't great. And uh, would it make me choose another airline? Maybe. Um, I didn't like being uh, have our flight canceled when we were flying to Florida and, uh, and trying to figure out how we could get there and get a uh, alternate flight. That bugged me. Um, could I take another airline? Sure, and maybe I will in the in in in, in the future. B- flight times, but you know, b- bottom line, I think it's this way for most people. Flight times and cost are still your overall predictor of what airline you're going to choose. I-, I do hope it gets better out there in in just about every profession we're seeing overworked employees and the need for more workers and and especially in the airline industry so for this person to email uh the newsroom and then say we need uh you know we're working here for slave labor it's not slave labor seriously it you can just go ahead and find another job maybe that's the best thing to do cuz you are so jaded no matter what they do if they started paying you 5000 dollars a day To do whatever job you're doing, that's probably not going to be enough to even change your mind. So I was just talking to someone at my local grocery store the other day who was stocking the shelves in the middle of the morning. This is like at 10 o'clock in the morning when they normally don't do that. But she said the delivery truck came late because they don't have enough warehouse employees and they don't have enough drivers, delivery drivers, moving the trucks from the warehouse to the store. So they were stocking in the middle of a Monday morning when usually they do that on the evenings or, or overnights when there are fewer people in the store. <laughs> that didn't bother me. It was a bit uh, of a challenge to get around some of the large pallets of stuff the workers were, were taking and putting it in the shelves. Um, but it was nice conversation with her. I learned a lot. It was good. But it shows, again, how just about every business is looking for workers, including the airline, uh, all the airlines. So SJZ I would respectfully, as you said, suggest you go fill out application somewhere else, and and see if you can go get another job, and maybe you'll be happier with one of the other airlines, and not with Southwest. Um, all, I, all of them are hiring, and all it takes is a little, little, uh, a little pen, maybe even just on the computer, fill out the application, and boom, there you go. Next uh, episode, I will be talking about the cruise industry. I have an interesting conversation uh, coming up next week with Heidi Allison. Heidi is the editor in chief of the travel site AllThingsCruise.com uh, and Cruise Complete, and we're going to be talking about the cruise industry, where it where it's been, uh, how, how it survived COVID, some of the new things that they're doing to make you more comfortable on the ship, where the where where the cruise industry is going. Uh, so it's an interesting conversation. I didn't have time. I wanted to do it this episode, but I just didn't have time with all my other ranting that I'm doing here, including it's hot story is making me so mad. Um, and, uh, but no, we'll get to that. I'll get to that next week and have that definitely, uh, for you then. So until the next episode here on the, uh, on the show, thanks again for listening. You can always contact me on any of the contact links here on this, uh, on the description of the show. I'm Jason Lieber, The Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.